Blog Talk Radio. Trayvon Martin. Today, um, the jury, well, actually yesterday, the jury selection began with the, tra- for the Trayvon Martin trial. And um, there's a lot to talk about with that. I mean, was the murder, the racism, was George Zimmerman justified? What really is going on? And what can the black community, the community in America in general expect as a result of this trial? I've heard a lot of people compare this to the modern-day Rodney King, um, and we know what happened with that. I mean, that was that, that just erupted and, and turned the whole city into a nightmare out in L.A. So I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, a lot of people are talking about it. And so today we have a great guest. We have Young Smiles, who's an artist from Brooklyn. He's going to be joining us to talk about the show, um, to talk about what's going on with Trayvon Martin. And his perspective, being a young black man in Brooklyn, if you put on a baseball cap, does that automatically um, profile you? But there's, there's really a lot for us to discuss. I'm going to touch on some fun stuff. Hillary Clinton is finally on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm just going to touch on that. And then and also President Obama is talking about this minimum wage debate. So there's just a lot to get into. And so I just, I'm happy you're hanging out with me. Stick around for the next 30 minutes. Your girl Cy Brown for the Cy Brown Morning Show. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Cy Brown. Uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, it's Cy uh, Brown NY. So, yeah, stay connected with me. We have a lot of good stuff coming up this summer. We're going to be sponsoring a lot of shows and a lot of stuff happening around the city. So that's what's up. But other than that, let's 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 get right into this. I know Young Smiles is going to be calling in shortly, but um. Let's really get into what's going on. I have a lot of news feeds pulled up. A lot of it's going to be posted on my blog today. Um, but I really want to talk about what can we what can we expect. I mean, when you think about what happened to this young man, it's 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 a lot more than just. A guy, a young man who was walking through a neighborhood, there was a neighborhood watch guy who thought his life was threatened. I mean, there is audio tape that they're debating right now if it's going to be admitted into the trial where, you know, there there's screams being heard. Um, was it Trayvon? Was it George Zimmerman? There was gunshots. There's also the audio where uh, the 911 dispatcher uh, when he said he asked him was he following Trayvon and he said yes and they said don't and he followed him anyway. Um, you know, where are all of these little where where what's happening with these inconsistencies? What's happening with the trial? What's do we actually even think we can get a fair trial? And I say we as in black America. Um it's no secret that uh, when O.J. Simpson was found not guilty, many African-Americans cheered. 
whether rightfully so or not, I can't even, that that's not the issue of today's show. But a lot of people of color feel that we're never going to get a fair shot. There's never going to be vindication for what we went through, through all these years being here in America. And, and, and that was our shot. But then you have situations where young black people were shot and murdered all through one end of the country um, and back, and, and it goes unnoticed. And it wasn't until this situation and Reverend Sharpton got involved and, and Michael Basin got involved and other radio personalities got involved to really heighten and bring awareness to this did it really start to take hold. So, I mean, when we're looking at all of those things, um, we have to realize that just because we have a black president does not mean that we're that that we made it. I, I just don't believe that we've we've arrived. I don't believe that racism is dead. If anything, I think it gives license to a lot of people to still treat us any old kind of way because we do have a black president. And so I've heard the argument say that, well, you know, you guys have a black president. There can't be racism. Give me a break. Give me a break, but you know what? We all know how this goes. So let me get into a little bit of the published reports um, of what's going on in the news before we bring our guests in. But I think it's really important for us to understand that when we're looking at the media, this is one of the reasons why I had to get back on the air. I feel that the media is never going to tell the true story. The true story, the accurate story, the real story, we're going to get their slant on it or or the the president of the news organization's slant on it, whether it's factual or not. I would love to believe that CNN is the most trusted name in news and that Fox News is fair and unbalanced, but there's still very few people of color. There's still very few people that have not gone that college track, went to journalism school, became a journalist, and worked their way up. It, there's not, where is citizen journalism? And so that's why it's a beautiful thing that I'm allowed to come before you every single day at 11 o'clock in the morning, and that you continuously tuned in. <laughs> it makes me feel like I do have something to say, and the fact that you've been supporting me for five years is a testament that, I, that I'm not as much of a nut job as I think I am <laughs> sometimes. But uh, let's get into some, uh, let me share a couple of things that I have found online, um, namely time. Time is what I would consider one of the most trusted, one of the more trustworthy um, news outlets. So I just want to, uh, to read a snippet of this for you. So according to time, and this can be found um, on their news feed, it was updated June 10th, last night. Um, as jury selection begins today in the Trayvon Martin murder trial, Florida prosecutors and defense attorneys are bracing for a heated court battle that is likely to be as emotional as it is high profile. George Zimmerman, age 29, is facing second-degree murder charges for the February 26, 2012 killing of high school student Trayvon Martin at the Sanford, Florida, gated community where Zimmerman and Martin's father live. The Neighborhood Watch volunteer has admitted to shooting Martin but claims he acted in self-defense. A key part of the prosecution's case will likely be a recording to police dispatchers in which Zimmerman said that he was going to pursue Martin despite being advised to the contrary. Special Prosecutor Angela Corey, who is leading the state's case, has insisted that if Zimmerman had adhered to the dispatcher's advice and let police handle the situation, there would have been no conflict. 
Prosecutors will also likely use audio recordings from the 911 calls placed by neighbors at the time of the incident as a key part of their evidence against Zimmerman, who worked as an insurance underwriter at the time. Muffled screams can be heard on the calls. Prosecutors say the voice Prosecutors say the voice is Martin's. The defense contends that it is Zimmerman's. Additional statements from neighbors who overheard the confrontation could also be used as evidence. So this, that, therein lies the premise of what's going to happen with this trial. And I think right there is where the can of worms opens and where it gets a little sticky. Because when you think about audio, unless you really have audio experts, um, which you know, all eyes are on this case. I'm sure they're going to pull in. But, you know, even with that, an expert is an expert in what they're an expert in. So if you get what I'm saying, you know, the prosecutor's expert is going to lean towards what the prosecutor wants. And the defense attorney's expert is going to lead to what the defense attorney wants. So, I mean, and it's not that this is a laughing situation, but I, I just hope for the sake of Trayvon's parents that this doesn't become a media spectacle um, that's really out of control. I know here in New York City there have been countless shootings and, dare I say, murders of uh, young black men all throughout Brooklyn, in the Bronx, not really so much so in the city of Manhattan, but definitely, you know, um, in the in the less affluent areas of, of New York City. And what happens to those people? You know, Sean Bell, I worked very closely with his mother um, for months. You know, Al Sharpton got on that case as well and illuminated it to the public. But this is not um, a new instance. This is not a new occurrence. And I'm really, really hoping that as the case moves forward that we actually see the judicial system play itself out the way it the way we can hope it plays itself out. Definitely can't say that um I just can't say. I, I don't wanna say. I'm not going to say at this point. I wanna be optimistic. I'm one of those people that believe in politics and I believe that we should have a fair and equitable system. But, you know, I don't really know. I just want to um, say very quickly good morning to people who just joined us in the chat room. The chat room is open, and so if you have uh, – good morning, darling. I see you just hit me and said good morning um, in the chat room. The chat room is open, so right now you can click on Cy Brown. If you're listening to the show live, you can click on CyBrown.com. Um, click the Listen Live button. It will take you right to the show. And to join the chat room, just click the chat room button, and you should be able to access it. Um, the chat room is open. just want to say to our guests, what is your opinion, if you have one, about how the Trayvon Martin case is going to play itself out in the media? I'm very interested to hear what um, some of our listeners are thinking. Um, right now we're waiting for our caller to call in, Young Smiles, who's an artist from Brooklyn, so he should be calling in any moment. But in the meantime, you know, we do have people in the chat room. What do you think? Let me type this in, actually, so they can, because some people uh, have the show up and may not have their audio up. What do you think the outcome of the trial, thank goodness I can type and not look at the screen at the same time, will be? I'm very interested um, in hearing what, what people think. Again, I'm hopeful. Let me log, let me go take you all to the New York Times feed um, because it's very interesting to see when we're looking at the way the media is, it could possibly report this. I think it also, um, there's a difference of what region. You know, New York may have a very different um, slant <laughs> on the story 
than, say, uh, actually in Florida or Atlanta or L.A. So let me just um, read this piece to you. Um, And this is coming from the New York Times. And uh, the text messages that were released and that are being admitted into evidence. I will ask, share this with you also. If you do not know who Charles Blow is, I strongly recommend that you um, you follow him. He is a writer for the New York Times, and he is dope. His name is Charles M. Blow, and on his blog, he's an op-ed columnist, and uh, this is what he put regarding um, just the other day about how this child could possibly go. Again, this is by Charles M. Blow, an op-ed columnist for the New York Times. Sabrina Fulton hasn't been able to visit her son Trayvon Martin's grave since the Florida teenager was buried 15 months ago. Quote, in my mind, I don't believe he's there. I believe and I want to believe that he's in heaven, and I just want to believe that he's looking down on me and he's smiling and that he's the one that's helping God to help me move forward, she told me in nearly an hour-long interview Wednesday morning in a New York City restaurant. In that hour, Fulton talked openly about her pain, her loss, her hopes for the trial, her new role as a public figure, and her overarching faith. She is preparing for Monday, which was yesterday, when George Zimmerman will go to trial for killing her son. Zimmerman claims that he shot and killed the unarmed teenager in self-defense. The prosecution and Trayvon's family contend that Zimmerman profiled the boy, pursued him, and murdered him. Wednesday, Fulton explained to me how she has how she has to come to deal with the grief of losing her son. She says she carries Trayvon's high school ID with her everywhere she goes. She said that she sometimes goes into his room, which she has left undisturbed, aside from adding to it the things that people gave her in the tribute to her son, paintings and posters and sneakers given to her by Miami Heat basketball players. I asked her why she's collecting memorabilia in what sounds to me to be like a shrine. She explained, because those are the things that help me remember him. Those are the things that help me to show me that there are other people that are standing with us and supporting us. It just helps me out, end quote. It's her way of mourning, of coming to terms with a loss greater than any person should have to shoulder. She says she misses her son's affection. I miss him hugging me, she says, and wants the world to remember him just as an average teenager, just somebody that was struggling through life but nevertheless had a life. I'm just putting, I'm posting on the rest of this article in the chat room, and I'll post it on my blog after the show. Charles M. Blow is an awesome, awesome columnist um, for the New York Times. So with that being said, let me pull in our guest who has joined us. Good morning, young scholars. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good morning. It's good to have you on the show. So you've heard a little bit about what we we were talking about. Tell my listeners a little bit about who you are, and then I want to get right into what are your thoughts about being a young black man in Brooklyn and how this possibly um, happens more frequently than people care to recognize. All right, well, my name is Young Smiles. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Coming out of the Best Star area, to be specifically, Mossy Projects. Um, my take on the case is deep, this one right here, because he's a young dude. Young Trayvon, he was only 17 when this incident occurred. And me being a young dude coming out of Brooklyn, New York, and I do like traveling, and it seems like he traveled to Florida. I have family out there, and I would hate for an incident to happen like that, dealing with me. But with him, I just hope justice is is served properly, you know. And um, I hope he does basically... I hope he does basically get, you know, just the justice that he, he really deserves out there. 
what does justice mean to you as a brother, as a young man coming from Bed-Stuy, which is notoriously tough. You know, Bed-Stuy is, you know, Bed-Stuy. Biggie talks about Bed-Stuy. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear Jay-Z talking about Marcy Projects. What do you, you know, what do you feel is justice? What does justice mean to you in this situation? Equality. I say, you, you know, equality on both sides. You know, I hope everybody's able to hear George Zimmerman. And I hope the family, you know, is able to be heard on on behalf of Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Do you think young black men? I mean, I know this probably is like a silly question, but it, mm-hmm. it's going someplace. Do you think that young black men are still profiled, even though we have a black president, even though you know black men are still attending college and 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 and, mm-hmm. and moving forward in life? Do you still think that that's an issue? Yes, it definitely is. I get stereotyped all the time when I'm walking around, driving around, especially when I'm driving. You know, they see a young black dude, you know, handsome in a, in a decent-looking car. They, You know, they're quick to pull it over, to ask, you know, all types of questions, where it came from, you know, stuff like that. And even on foot. Are you serious? crazy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Even on foot, you know, if, the, if a cop felt like he wants to be, you know, uh, how can I say, a jerk for the time being, you know, it, I can't say it's the right, but, you know, he, he's likely to, to stop and ask some questions, you know, just to jot it in his little note to, to say that's what he did for the day. You know, and it's, it sucks because my kids are 23 and 19. And, yeah, you know, I told them, pull up your pants, you know, don't sag your pants. Yeah, don't yeah basically your don't give them a reason to try to, you know, come and mess with you. But then my kids would always argue back, like, why can they do it and I can't? Like, if I'm not bothering anybody, I'm going to work. Why do I have to censor myself just so I don't get stopped? And that's why I always used to get stumped. I was like, my answer mm-hmm. would just be, well, just because. And yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think it's right. It isn't. I don't think it is. But that that is definitely, you know, the, the, the stereotype, you know, the baggy pants, the, the hooded sweatshirts, you know, just baggy clothes and just African-American in general whether you're standing on a corner in front of a store, it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything wrong. You know, you're just hanging. But that's just more of a reason for them to, to approach you. Why do you think black men are such a threat? Um, That's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess from, you know, the stories and, you know, the stuff that goes around in our neighborhoods, you know, they feel they, they, they have to enforce, you know, certain certain procedures. When right. And necessarily, that's not even the case, to be honest, because like I said, most of the time we're just hanging, you know, enjoying whatever we're enjoying, whether it's the air, you know, each other's company type of thing. But, you know, they just feel that they have that power to, you know what I mean, to abuse it. And that's exactly what they do. They abuse their power. I'm not saying all cops do, but majority, yes, they do. They abuse their power. They abuse their authority. And it's sad. It really is. It's sad out here. I think it's sad, but I really think that they feel that that black men are such a threat. And I, I'm just going to go so far as to say because of their own guilt. Because, you know, you can't beat people and treat them some kind of way for years and years and years on end and not expect them to retaliate at some point. And mm-hmm. I feel that's why society has or feels to some degree that they have to keep their thumb on a black man's neck. And I'm saying this, you know, just having sons, I'm married to a black man, just, you know, being mm-hmm. sensitive to racial issues. That's yes, the reality. Right. 
that they that their thumb has to be kept down on their neck. My husband got pulled over um, leaving our house one day, and he asked the officer why, and he was like, oh, you look like somebody. Really? Are you and serious? And that's their excuse for everything. It really, really? is. Down to the, you know, you, you, know, you, you dress like uh, somebody that we just heard on the radio type of thing. Like, how many of us have white tees on and, and black pants or dark blue pants? Like, come on, are you serious? And, and it's sad that your husband, you know, who is a grown man that has to go through, you know, what young kids my age, you know, his kids' age go through. Well, that's, you know, that's what made me sensitive to the issue because I'm going to tell you very honestly. I was like, oh, that doesn't happen, you know, or if it happens. I remember this episode on, on, the, Fresh, on the Fresh Prince years ago where Will and Carlton got stopped. They made, like, a wrong turn or something. Mm-hmm. And Will was telling them, like, yo, this happens. And Carlton was like, no, if we had just followed the map, we wouldn't have gotten lost. The cops wouldn't have arrested us. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting off because, you know, on the show, Carlton's father is a judge. He made a couple right. phone calls. But what happens to those kids whose father is not a judge? Like my kids. I'm just a regular radio chick from New York. Mm-hmm. And... I was one of those people that felt this doesn't happen. And my husband and my kids were like, Mom, I don't know what world you're living in. This <laughs> happens. It happens a lot. And so just being becoming more aware, I think <laughs> black women don't have it as hard as you guys do. No, and, and, I, and I can't figure out why. I can't either, to be honest, but they definitely don't have it as hard as we do. You know, for example, like Carlton, the the environment on where he comes from, you know, and Will being from Philly, being from the streets of Philly at that, you know, is a whole different world. So, yes, Will was definitely, you know, used to the profiles, you know, the stops and the stop and frisk. As for Carlton, they're not really, you know, because in his area, you already know what, you know, what's what's going on as far as, far as uh, the income, you know, he's in a high-income area. So there's not much right. going on around there, you know. And it was just a plus that, you know, his pops at the time was was a judge, so he was able to get off a little easier than most right. young black men that don't have that opportunity of having parents that are high, you know, in the rankings of the law and all that good stuff. Well, or even what about, what if, what if I mean, just think about it this way. What about all of the cases where this happens and Al Sharpton doesn't come with a Superman cape on? Hmm. And, you know, you could feel any kind of way about Al Sharpton. I used to feel some kind of way about him. Oh, he's an ambulance chaser. He's just looking for media. You know, however you feel, however any of my listeners feel about Al Sharpton, that's not the issue. The issue is he does have a very innate ability to bring light to social injustices. And what if Al Sharpton had not come with his cape a lot of a lot of that stuff will go unheard. That's how I feel. If Al Sharpton doesn't step in and use his power, a lot of the the you know the stuff that goes around goes unheard. Someone just put in the chat room and says, "My family was one of the first black families on the street that I live on, and I was watched and pulled over often." Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's funny. Even to that point, when I moved to Atlanta, we moved to a fairly affluent area. Right. And my kids were targeted day in and day like any little thing that they did, they got in mm-hmm. trouble, they got suspended, they were labeled as troubled children. And yeah. I was like, yo, I'd rather go back to Jersey City in my hood mm-hmm. where I know the teacher's going to be like, look, you better sit down before I call your mother, before I, you know, as opposed exactly. to, you know, trying to move into a more affluent area. And they gave my kids hell 
every well, and it was in two different schools. One kid was in elementary school, one kid was in middle school. My kids caught it like you would not believe. And I finally remember telling my husband, yo, they just don't want us here. Whoever that they is, that particular dynamic of they, they just didn't want us there. And we literally mm-hmm. ended up moving and we came back to Jersey City. But but it shouldn't even have to be that way. It shouldn't. But it is. And I said that it is. What is your hope for the outcome of the trial? Aside from justice being done, as a young black man from Bedside, from Brooklyn, where brothers are getting shot up by cops and by their own people day mm-hmm. in and day out in Brooklyn and other hoods throughout this country, what do you really hope to see as a result of this trial? I mean, a, a, a little change. I mean, I would like a, a big change, but, you know, that's not really going to happen just because, you know, the trial. But it, it's definitely a step in the right direction to change, you know, right. and I would, I would definitely hope that it is a is a big impact on African Americans, you know, even Latinos. You feel me? Because we, because I, I am a you know I am a Spanish. I come through from Spanish background, but you know we still get targeted as well as the, you know African American brothers and sisters. But I just hope now we we all learn from this. I really do. Right. Like you said earlier from the Sean Bell incident, like you know I was I was a little young when that happened, but you know I was still aware of what was going on as far as you know the the, the profiling, you know, and the cops. Doing us wrong, basically, because his situation that that was that was crazy. Being yeah, over and I, on his, and the, yeah, that, that was crazy in the whole situation. So I just hope that you know we just learn from this this whole ordeal. Well, I do too. Now I know you're an artist um, from Brooklyn. Do you have um, where can people find you? Do you have a link and things like that that I could put in the chat with your Facebook, your your Twitter handle? What can I put up oh, in yeah. the chat so people? Um, You've been a great guest. I would love to have you back on the show. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, they could definitely follow me on Instagram at um, underscore Y-U-N-G, S M I L E Z underscore. Um, my Twitter it would be Smiles is Paid, S M I L E Z I S P A I D. Okay. You know, and everybody on Instagram is Facebook dead. <laughs> Say that again. Is Facebook dead? <laughs> it's not dead, but it's, it's definitely not as live as Instagram and Twitter is at the moment. You know, they they have their like, runs. They have their runs because Facebook, at a point, that was the you know that was the thing to go to. Everybody was on yeah. Facebook, and then Twitter <laughs> took over. And then once Twitter took over, it it, it was just it was crazy. It was just, you know, I mean, a little epidemic. It was it was crazy out there. <laughs> On Twitter since 2008, I used to I used to have people. I would get an um, email that says so and so is following you, and I mm-hmm. didn't even realize that your goal is to get more followers. Exactly. I was like, I don't know this person, and I would block them. <laughs> followers, I would She's have. She's doing it all point. wrong over there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's what happens when you're too, when you're so early, you don't even know what's going on. But yo, mm-hmm. thank you so much, and call in any time. We got to get some music played on the show. Um, and I really want to just let you know uh, we're a big fan of your music, and we definitely have to get you back on the Thank show. Thanks for thanks, thanks for calling in and being my guest today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No doubt. Everybody, that was Young Smiles. Check him out. Support his music uh, on Twitter. It's, everything is in the um, underscore Young Smiles underscore on Instagram, and Twitter Smiles is paid, S-M-I-L-D. S-M-I-L-E-Z is paid on Twitter. Big shout-out to Topi who, Etopia, yes, who's exactly. this girl okay. out in Brooklyn who was able to set this interview up. She is a publicist extraordinaire. Love her to pieces. Hey, girl, 
So thank you for getting your clients uh, on my show. Um, Tomorrow we have a really good show. No more Trayvon tomorrow. We have a little bit lighter show. We're talking to a couple of authors who have some books coming out. So uh, tune in tomorrow. You know, Cyber Morning Show, weekdays at 11 a.m. Thank you so much for listening. And always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not neglect it, for we shall not pass. And thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.